This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I'm fantastic. We are here for part two of our team-by-team previews. Every preseason, Always Cheating presents to you a team-by-team preview. If you tuned in a few days ago, part one, we covered teams Arsenal through Leicester. Just just eked it in under the two-hour mark Barely. for part one. Josh. I don't know how. because so I- now we're here for uh, Liverpool through Wolverhampton, right? <laughs> There's some epic cuts. I, I want the Snyder cut of that podcast, Brandon, because that was that was a good that was a good three hours yeah. that you cut down to just just barely under two somehow. Yeah, well the the um the scene in which I talk about Niskin's Cabano for thirty five minutes didn't <laughs> didn't make the final edit, so that's fair enough. So uh, we're recording on late on Sunday. Uh, yeah, it was that was that was a really fun recording. I, I don't know if we're going to go along this this as long this time or not. Uh, we, we shall soon see. I guess uh, you can. I guess you can look down if you're listening and see what what minute we actually came in uh, as you're listening right now. But yeah, I, th- it's the second half. Uh, I think that it's always a little slack that first time out <laughs> because when you start we start talking about these teams, you spend like thirty seven minutes on the first team, and then you realize how long you've just spent, <laughs> and you start to mm-hmm. speed through them. And I feel like by the end, I think I think the last team we did was Leicester City. We spent about forty five seconds on Leicester City. <laughs> we were just <laughs> ready to be done uh, with that podcast. Yep. Jamie Vardy, Golden Boot. What else do you need to know? <laughs> Goodbye. Good night. So you can go back and listen to that podcast. Uh, you know, Brandon, it's, it's Sunday. Did you watch the, uh, just as a very quick opener here, Brandon, did you watch the Champions League final today? Did you catch any of it? I did watch the Champions League final, and it was a quintessential cup final, I suspect. All the reviews will say come Monday morning. Very cagey. Um, the the team's... I mean, the teams weren't necessarily playing within themselves, but it wasn't wide open. It wasn't fantastic. Uh, and I think everyone was hoping to see more goals, especially with the likes of Neymar and Mbappe being just these huge superstars right. for Paris. And 
Lewandowski to be able to score, didn't he score in every single Champions League match up until the final? I mean, it clearly meant a huge deal to him to actually win his first Champions League uh, with Bayern, but to not score, it just, I, I felt like I needed that button on top of that story. Yeah. I hit the post, what, like 20 minutes in or something like that. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty good. I, I, it was kind of, it was one of those matches, you know, it was clear 10 minutes in that, that Bayern were the, were the superior team. And, um, but you know, Angel de Maria missed a big chance early and, uh, uh Mbappe missed a, a incredible chance, I think about 40 minutes into the match. And, uh, yeah. you know, that may have changed things a little bit. It, it was, it was, it was fun. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm in love with Alfonso Davies. I, if I could pick maybe one player in the world that I would most like to see in the Premier League, it may be Alfonso Davies. I mean, sure, you could pick like Messi or whatever, but Alfonso Davies is just like, oh, just such, <laughs> he's so fun to watch. I just love it. Yeah. That guy. I mean, there's some real North American pride happening there too, sure. the pride of of Canada. But what a, what a dream for him to go from the Vancouver White. Whitecaps. White okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yep. I, I think I've got that right. Yep. Uh, to winning the champions league with Bayern Munich. I mean, Landon Donovan old. couldn't even dream of such a scenario. <laughs> no, that's very true. Uh, so we'll he's see. not even Canadian. Yeah. We'll see what he does uh, with the Canadian team, you know, junior Hoylet too. I think he's finally playing for Canada now as well. So it's all happening, Brandon, north of the border. And they're, <laughs> they're beating COVID too. That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what can't they do, those Canadians? Uh, all, right, all right. So I think we should uh, – we went a little long in the intro last time. And, and I maybe we can do this under two hours this time. So um, we won't go through the whole Patreon spiel again. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating, uh, Slack, bonus podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, quick thank you to our new uh, patrons, though, uh, since since we recorded on Saturday. Uh, Bruce Kerr and Elper Paxoy are our new producer patrons. Uh, Jewel Singh, Alex, Joseph Anderson, Calvin Tricky, and Kyle Turk are new Lord Sorloth patrons. So thank you so much to uh, to our new patrons, especially Bruce and Elper, our new producer patrons. Um, and so we did, you know, again, not going to go through the whole Patreon spiel this time, but I did want to note, because I, I teased it a little bit in the last podcast, that for the first time ever, we have the Always Cheating Cup that launches this season, Brandon. It's a cup competition. Mm-hmm. It starts in game week one. It's open to all patrons. Game week one is a head-to-head qualifying round, okay? If you, would, yeah. if you, if you win that round, Brandon, you go all the way, all the way to game week five for the first knockout round. If you lose cool. that round, Brandon... There's a play-in round in game week three. With any, you get a second chance. Exactly. Any of the patrons who joined after game week one get one chance to do this, and then all the people who are knocked out also get another chance. So you have two chances to get into that first knockout round. The winner gets a new Make Fantasy Fun Again hoodie. I shared some designs out on Twitter earlier today. Uh, thank you to our Patreon uh, supporter Joaquim for the design. And then Brandon, you mocked it up and did a bunch of different colors. And uh, I think it looks awesome. Yeah. The t-shirts are available at our Volkswagen tier and at our producer level tier. And of course, whoever wins the always cheating cup, we're going to design a special make fantasy fun again, hoodie, and it's going to be dynamite. Yeah. Thanks again to Joaquim for those amazing designs. So yeah, the big call to action here is support the pod before game week one to get in on the initial qualifying round and uh, at the very latest, get in by game week three to get into that play-in round. A quick word for our friends at fantasyfootballhub.co.uk. 
Fantasy Football Hub is a great one-stop shop for all of your FPL strategy, planning, and research needs. And there is a 25% off discount for all listeners of Always Cheating. Just go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always. And what do you get? At the Hub, you gain access to the greatest fantasy minds managing today. I thought that was a question Jerry for me Bird. at first. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, here I go. I was ready. What do you get, Josh? I mean, it, it's not too late for you to get a membership, Josh. Uh, so listen up. Uh, when when you join the Hub, you can access these great minds of managers managing today, sharing their teams and their strategies through not just articles, but also videos. You can also access all the data. Hub has access to real Opta stats and easy-to-use player comparison tools. They've also got Game week planning tools and an advanced fixture ticker. And I love this beautiful baby blue color that they use on their fixture ticker. It looks so sweet. Also custom spreadsheets masterminded by the one and only Ben Krellen to help you manage those double game weeks, those blank game weeks and, uh, and all the like. Access chat with other managers too, including a private WhatsApp group. So visit fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always for 25% off whichever tier you choose. We'll be right back to talk Liverpool. Brandon, we're back. Team previews, part one of part two. Here we go. Liverpool. They won the league last year, Brandon. Yeah. Perhaps you've perhaps you're familiar with Liverpool. A lot of players who are who are pretty famous. I just saw Mo Salah in, I think like a Pepsi commercial or something. There was some wow. you see this commercial it was like it was like Salah, Messi. Raheem Sterling and somebody else. I don't know. It was a very odd commercial. I don't know what they were all. They were like all trying to get a. It was like the classic. It was a classic football slash soccer commercial where there's no no one talks in it, so they can play it in every market, right? They all just, sure, they, all just yeah. they all just share glances yeah. with each other as they like run through a, a you know a, a club or whatever, sure. uh, Kick, kicking a ball around. You know, you exactly. know, Ray Charles is the only Pepsi spokesperson that I recognize, so you can just move along. It was an odd commercial, I'll say that much. So uh, new plans for new transfers and player rumors. There's not a lot to report so far. Uh, the one move they've made is uh, Costas Samikas, who uh, expected to be a backup left back for Andy Robertson. He signed from Olympiacos on a $15 million deal. Uh, I actually think he did get some minutes yesterday. I'm pretty sure he played the second half of, uh, of Liverpool's friendly with Stuttgart. Uh, and in that friendly, Firmino scored, Naby Keita scored, and Ryan Brewster, who's probably going to move on or at least go on loan this summer, mm-hmm. uh, also picked mm-hmm. up a goal. So the real situation with them, in, in some ways, this is an easy team preview because they're, they're, these players are all very famous, Brandon, and everybody who's been doing fantasy for a while is very familiar with Mane, Salah, and then the, the trio of, of defenders. So the question is really um, – okay, I've got a couple questions for you, okay? Okay. One yeah. is it's very interesting to me that Mane and Salah both came in at $12 million. And yeah. is there a – does this, does this just like ruin Mane as a fantasy asset because it makes him so – he's not on pens, right? They're, in some ways, they're effectively the same fantasy player, just one's on the left, yeah. one's on the right, but one has pens. <laughs> is the pens yeah. enough to just kind of ruin Mane out or is there an edge to maybe considering Mane over Salah? What do you think? Yeah, 100%. I think Salah ha- is going to be in everyone's team because of this price point. Mane, just fantasy-wise, you're forced to really size up these players, particularly the premium players. And what edge can I get? And Salah, the edge is penalties. And Salah, 
he has a more consistent history. I mean, Mane continues to build. So here's where Mane is going to come into the fantasy season, I predict, is when we get to the end, near the end of the season where you're trying to gain ground in your mini league or your overall. And assuming at that point everyone has Salah, Mane is where you go in for the differential. Now, you could apply the same logic to game week one to say, well, everyone's going to bring in Salah because of the reasons I just said. So why not start with Mane for that differential? Because if we just take away pens and all that madness, um, and if it's just a goals from open play shootout, Mane could hold his own against Salah. Sure. So you could, I mean, would you make the case, Josh, that Mane would be a compelling differential going into game week one? Well, I like the way you you didn't answer that question that I just asked you and flipped (laughs) it back to me. Um, Uh Uh-huh. And I'm running for president. The the problem is that the only reason you would do it would be to be different. It's not because Mane is a... Uh, significantly better fantasy asset. I mean, even if you remove the pens, uh, just in terms of um, sheer threat, you know, goal scoring threat, um, um, just you know, attacking stats. Like M- M- Salah is the is the superior talent. Um, the one thing that Mane showed near the end of the season was a slightly more complete game. Um, he was attracting more bonus points. Uh, seems like he was a little more involved in the attack. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a, there actually, you could just have them both. I think it's reasonable, especially without, with, with Liverpool and, um, excuse me, with, with Man United and Man City, not having a fixture in game week one because of the extended break yeah. that they're getting, um, having a Salamane, Aubameyang, or just having Salamane, no Aubameyang, uh, is a reasonable place to start. I mean, they, they play a home match to Leeds. It's a very, it's, it's, it's exactly what we saw last season in game week one, uh, where they, and now, now granted, I think Leeds will put in a better showing than, than Norwich did, but kickoff match, I, you know, they haven't announced the Friday, Saturday, Sunday split of fixtures yet. I, I, it seems almost certain that they will not all take place on Saturday at the, you know, in that standard time. Um, they'd done the mm-hmm. Friday night kickoff for the last several seasons. Um, I think the only reason they haven't announced it yet is because there's no fans. So there's no need to announce it early in, you know, so people can <laughs> yeah, buy who's tickets. Buying tickets? Who, make, do, yeah, who needs to lock plans. in that trip? Nobody. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, in last season, they, they had a dominant game week one performance. And um, I think, uh, the reason that you would maybe not have Salon Mane is because um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is, as we've said before, anyone who is familiar with the with Wheel of Fortune. I don't know how popular Wheel of Fortune is anywhere but America, Brandon. But it's a good question. Yeah, and Wheel of Fortune, uh, when you do the the final puzzle, they give you the most common letters in the alphabet, the R S T L N E, um, and or is that what it is? Or is that is that an a is that an you I nailed chart? it you yeah, nailed okay, it yeah Josh. okay right you nailed it okay mm-hmm. <laughs> got my head for RST a second yeah. so Trent Alexander Arnold is the RST LNE of this season he is priced at a at seven point five million which is so eminently reasonable for a player <laughs> with four goals yeah. fifteen assists and fourteen clean sheets that it's it's almost unacceptable to not have him in your team it would be. Insane, not to have him in your team, and I, I really wish that they yeah. had priced him at eight million and and kept Robertson at seven, and then we'd have a real I debate agree. here. Um, yeah. And so now the question is whether you want to have. So you, so you're going to have, uh, you're you're mo- most likely going to have Mo Salah, and I think that's I think he's, you know, he along with the Bamiang are the best captains for game week one. You most likely are going to have Trent and Arnold, and then the question is: Do you want to have three Liverpool players? And if so, do you want a second defender or do you want 
Sadio Mane. Uh, and I think it's it's really it really comes down to that. I don't think uh, Allison is not interesting to me. Uh, Firmino is not interesting to me. Um, the only reason that you might want to do Firmino, and I, I don't want to get so deep in the, the the weeds here, but the one reason you might consider it would be if you were planning to move to Anthony Martial in game week two, yeah. and you could do Firmino as kind of a holding player for, for one game week until Man United season uh, kicks off. If you're not doing that, and we're just talking about sheer fantasy assets, like, you know, players you'd want for, you know, like a longer stretch of time, then... I, I don't know. I mean, where are you on the defenders right now? I'm, I'm really on the fence about Robertson because he really is quite expensive at $7 million. And, you know, Van Dyke at 6.5 mm-hmm. is, is not much cheaper. Yeah, I think there's an opportunity to get too clever here where you say, well, Trent plus Robertson plus Sala is far cheaper than Trent plus Sala and Mane. You could do the math. So then you get cute and you say, I'm going to do Trent and Robbo and Salah and save myself $5 million. That's a whole extra midfielder right there. Right. But then you find yourself in this situation where you're like, shoot, I actually didn't intend to have all this money in my defense. And I think if we're talking about price points for defense midfield and your strike force, ultimately it's just not going to work. And I do think one is one is plenty between Trent and Rabo. and I agree with you, Trent, is the automatic pick here. Uh, so for me, it's just a matter of how married you are to having Aubameyang in your, uh, game week one squad because Arsenal play Fulham. They have a very tantalizing fixture. I can't really see how you could do Salah plus Mane plus Aubameyang. So I, I think my, I think where I'm zeroing in is, is just two Liverpool, right? One between Mane and Salah and Trent. I think you know. I mean, I, I have I've had a draft already where I've had Salah, Mane, and Aubameyang. I don't think that it's impossible, but it does require you to probably have a non-playing forward, um, you know, a Kerwin Davis type or something like that. Um, and you know, um, I think that if you're going to go with a more traditional lineup, it's, it really is hard to have those three. And and and, and then you really need to have Trent and four four point five million defenders too. So it, it really does. I mean, as you said, it's very hard to do because it requires you to sacrifice basically everywhere else in your team. Yeah. Um, all right. So what else do we need to know about Liverpool heading into game week one here? I mean, we, we, we um, basically just talked talked them to death throughout the last two seasons. Sure. We know all these players. Yeah. There's no, sadly, there's no, well, to date, uh, Liverpool faithful would say, oh, wouldn't it be great if we got Mbappe in? And that, that would sure. be fun to talk about. But yeah. We know this team. We know this team inside and out. Yeah. I mean, Curtis Jones, um, he's this midfielder who earned a start in the Stuttgart friendly. Uh, people may know him because he got some got some minutes at the end of uh, last season. Uh, came in at $4.5 million. Um, could eventually earn, if not a full-on starter role, he could certainly earn some some serious minutes. And if there was an injury in the midfield, um, that he could be, you know, one to at least keep an eye on. Um and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of players who kind of fall into that category. Minamino is like that too. Like maybe, um, if there's an injury, he might fall a spot, but he's not anyone to take seriously, you know, at the moment. Um, as far as fixtures are concerned, I see a lot of people talking about bringing in Liverpool players and starting to shift them out, uh, very quickly in order to bring in Man United and Man City players. And, I guess I think there might be still a little bit of thinking that that's like a lingering hangover from this summer where they won the title and, and sort of took the rest of the summer off and um, put in intermittently 
good performances, but you know, a lot of, a lot of poor ones too. I mean, the Arsenal away match stands out to me. Um, yeah. and even when they can, what do they concede like four goals at home to Chelsea? That would never happen in a normal situation. Maybe it was three, but you know, regardless. Um, so I think in general, we may be forgetting how good their assets are. It's going to be hard to part with them. And, that maybe in some ways is what makes a Robertson or a Van Dyke a better option because it may just be that you bring in these players and you just want them for a long time. And if you have Mane and Salah, you're going to be itching to get rid of one of them as soon as possible. And maybe you shouldn't put yourself in a position where you're trying to get, where you're trying to remove Liverpool players from your team because they are still one of the, yeah. it just yeah. even just, league their town ta- you know how many points they earn you know outside of fantasy aside for a minute as fantasy assets there's some of the best fantasy assets in the game are liverpool players and building a strategy that involves removing a lot of them is not going to be easy because they're going to start picking up points immediately uh game week one's home to leeds game week two's away to chelsea they're going to score i would guess they score at least two or three goals away to chelsea and game week two game week three wow. is home, you know home to is that, is that bold i don't know i mean that doesn't seem that bold to me um <laughs> and they scored five against in the summer kurt zuma's uh, on the line josh <laughs> uh then arsenal in game week three I, I don't see that as a bad matchup and uh villa away in game week four it's it's a pretty strong start uh so i don't know i'm, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on liverpool and i'm, I'm just going to kind of ignore the summer and not take it too seriously yeah i th- I think you're starting to convince me that maybe a defensive double up with Liverpool is not unreasonable because as you say, these are assets that you're going to bring in and not move around. So maybe you've invested what we would deem too much in your defense, but that's fine. These guys are going to get you upwards of 200 points over the course of the seasons. You just don't need to worry about them. So I I think that's an interesting strategy to take. Um, Shall we move? Yeah, let's move on. We can talk about Liverpool forever. So let, let's move on to, um, I, I'm sure we can go through this team very quickly, but nothing relevant here. Uh, Man City, <laughs> the second team on our list. Oh, man. Going going alphabetically through the table, we're starting off with a major bang here in part two. So it's yeah. Manchester City now, and you're going to follow up, Josh, with Manchester United. So City finished, of course, second season. They They gave their title over to Liverpool last season. What do you make, though, of their unceremonious ouster from the Champions League in the quarterfinals. So Pep comes in. This was the long-term plan for city ownership was we will win the Champions League. And it's been an absolute unmitigated disaster for this club. And some was made of players like Kevin De Bruyne post that Lyon match. How frustrated do they look? How frustrated is Pep? How frustrated will ownership be? How even involved is ownership? I have I have no idea. How big of a deal is that for us looking ahead to this this coming season? I think that maybe that's just journalists trying to create a story. But that does does that give yeah. you any pause, Josh? Looking at City. Well, uh, yeah, I, a little bit. Um, I, it feels like there's a lot of unanswered questions. The the midfield. I think we you have De Bruyne and Sterling and. It feels like outside of those two players, it is a real wide open, unresolved situation. Um, Jesus is intermittently good, right? Um, sort of, uh, you know, not, but not a, I mean, give me a, give me Danny Ings or, or you know, a Rule Jimenez over, over Jesus any day, right? Just yeah. uh, right. much right. more, you know, I feel like I have like a much better sense of what I'm going to get from them. 
Um, and so, yeah, I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm just kind of asking you about is the mentality of this club and are they going to, you know, what is the mentality going to be like coming into this season? So I think that's what we're going to be looking for in game week two because they blank in game week one. And this is terrible fantasy news for Manchester cities beyond, beyond that, the fixtures to open up the season. I mean, rarely do fixtures play into a discussion with city because they're that good of an attacking team in the league. But if I'm looking at game week two and beyond, it's Wolves, Leicester, Leeds United, Arsenal, West Ham, Sheffield United, Liverpool. There are a few banana skins in that first eight weeks. The larger question for me is if you're talking about do I bring in big city players like Kevin De Bruyne to bench in game week one just so I have them? um, Why? What What is the necessity? And I think... Big attacking assets for City are very appealing because you can captain them and get huge returns that way. But how many times are you going to captain a Manchester City player in these first eight game weeks, considering game week one is a blank? Game week one, I think Arsenal would be a prime target for captaincy. They play Fulham. Game week two, Manchester United host Crystal Palace. Great captaincy fixture. Chelsea uh, have West Brom in game week three. Liverpool have Villa in game week four. I think you could conceivably skate by the first month without really having to deal with Manchester City problems, considering you wouldn't captain them. Or you could probably find competitive captaincy options outside of City. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Um, it, Yeah, I mean, looking at the fixtures, it is, it is not a great start. There's not one single match in there where maybe a way to West Ham and game week six, I guess home to Arsenal in game week five. Um, although even then, that's like the return of Arteta. Arteta has already beaten them once this summer since he's joined the club in the FA Cup semifinal. Um, yeah, it's 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 unusually. It feels like by, I, I don't know what this, some part of my brain is telling me that Man, Man City have had these really easy starts the last few seasons where it feels like they play like relegated teams back to back to back to kick things off. And um, yeah, this does feel like an unusually tricky start. You can see them. Um, But, you know, as far as the response from the champions league, I mean, you know, the last time they were sort of in a situation like this was when Liverpool clinched the league and then they played them a couple of days later and they put in one of their best performances of the season. Um, yeah. So they, maybe they just come out uh, on fire. It's it's hard to say. I mean, I guess we should start talking about some of the new players because I think the the defense in particular is a um, uh, real unresolved situation. I, I feel like they're, they're – I, I still don't even quite know what's happening on the defense. <laughs> yeah, so Nathan Ake is the big signing of the summer where the defense is concerned, and he's priced at 5.5 in the FPL game for Bournemouth last season. Uh, two goals and four assists. Uh, I mean, just looking backwards, Nathan Ake over the seasons has produced with attacking returns, four goals and one assist the season prior, two goals, three assists, three goals, one assist. Um, that's kind of what he's known for. The concern here, though, is that Ake is a left-footed center back, and that is the position that Laporte plays. So I'm like not a center back expert to know how one can finagle left foot plus right foot and so on and so forth. But if you say you want to pair a left footed and a right footed center back uh, in your defense, then Ake is always going to be playing behind Laporte. Now, Laporte 
probably not going to play every match. He's probably not going to be fit for every match. Mm-hmm. So Ake will get some starts, but he's not going to be the number one center back versus right-footed center backs for City, which would be Garcia and Otamendi if he stays, Fernandinho if they need him to play in the back, Stones if he stays. All that said, yeah, I, I agree. Like They, they still kind of need to sign more center backs if they are looking to offload, you know, the retiring Otamendi or Stones who's rumored to go to other clubs. So I really don't know what to make of this defense. The other new signing is uh, Ferran Torres, who's more attack-minded. He's a, seven, he's a 70-year-old. No, he's priced at $7 million in the game, Josh. 20, 20-year-old Spanish winger signed from Valencia. 34 appearances for Valencia last season. Just four goals, but he's young and Pet clearly sees something in, in him. Traditionally plays on the right. So if he continues to play on the right, you're looking at him competing for minutes with Bernardo Silva and Mares. So, so he gets placed firmly in the wait-and-see camp because Mares, even though he's more expensive at 8.5, we know absolutely what he is capable of. Uh, FPL wise transfer rumors could solve that defensive question. Koulibaly, who, you know, everyone has kind of thrown their, all the, all the champions league clubs have thrown their hat in the ring for Koulibaly. Mm-hmm. He's right footed and Martinez. He's a striker for Inter Milan uh, rumored to maybe come in and be the new Argentinian striker to take over for Aguero. Interesting. Uh, I actually don't even yeah. really know anything about Martinez. I, um, I just have to, I feel like I, I can't remember the last time I saw an inter. Well, it's actually funny. Um, I, they they played in the Europa League final while we were recording our um, our, our podcast. I don't know if, I don't know if you recorded that and watched it later, but I I, I have no like no bead on uh, Lortaro um, L- 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 Martinez. Did you say his first name? I didn't look up the pronunciation, Josh, but yeah, he did. He has started alongside Lukaku in that Inter setup, so. You know, he's a blooded striker, and at 23 years old, I think like that's you're just catching him right at the, you know, explosion of his right. potential. So if if that transfer comes to pass, I think it will be a really intriguing uh, uh, signing for City. You know, we, we don't really need to focus too much on the key players that, that already do play for City because we know them, we love them, but... The FPL pricing situation with KDB and Sterling, it's like they are the new Mane and Salah. They're both priced the exact same at 11.5. KDB, he leveled up last season. 13 goals, 23 assists. Now he's taking pens. He's he's added goals to his quiver, and he is just fantasy catnip. The issue here is how you... Um, how you reconcile that with Sterling, who is right with 20 goals, still more the goal score. And I, I was interested to look back at Sterling's XG for the entire Premier League season. So there were just like long periods of time where it felt like Sterling was absolute crap. He could not score. He wasn't even getting minutes, just not a great fantasy asset. But at the end of the season, there he is with 20 goals. His XG on the season was 198 so he just barely exceeded his XG. So I think that's something interesting to keep in mind as you consider Sterling is that he's not as wasteful as the eye test might tell you. Right. Um, and I mean, you, you'd think your his his goal output could even more exceed his XG where that's concerned. So I think that's really going to be what type of fantasy manager 
are you? Are you a KDB manager? Are you a Sterling manager? Josh, who are you? Oh, I mean, well, KDB outscored for Sterling by almost 50 points last season. I mean, and like you said, the, the, I mean, it's, it's a little bit like selling money where the, the pens are kind of, um, kind of the decider, I think, right? There's, there's arguments for the, both, the, the, but. Yeah, the big ding for Sterling was prior to last season, he had 15, 17, and 14 assists going back those three previous seasons, just six assists last year. So if he's able to get the assists back in his game, then yeah, he'll be rivaling KDB for that FPL output. Strikers, Aguero came in relatively cheap, historically speaking, at 10.5. Jesus at 9.5. Really difficult to tell. Yeah, very reasonable prices for both, I, I would say. But it's just difficult to gauge not knowing the full story of Aguero's fitness right now, the viability of either of them. So they are not playing into any of my tinkers at the moment. Mara, as we discussed, Phil Foden was probably... Is Phil Foden at the Mason Greenwood level? So Greenwood, you know, he was flirting with the starting 11 at the start of last season for Manchester United and finally convinced he is is in the best 11. Foden was getting more minutes toward the end of the season, but I am not convinced that he is Mason Greenwood at this point, just in terms of minutes played. Um, so 6.5, that's, that's a rough price. That's not a, a midfielder you can afford to have benched. It's yeah. It's not a midfielder you can afford to have benched. In some ways it's a great price because if he earns minutes, then, uh, it's an incredibly cheap way into man city. But yeah, I mean, the fact that he didn't get a minute at all in the Leon match, uh, gives me pause. Um, obviously you, you, you don't have, uh, uh, David Silva any longer. And so you would expect him to earn some more minutes as a result of that. They're sort of um, similar in some ways and certainly similar position. Um, but yeah, like you said, does he, is he trusted? Does he have a consistent spot in that team? Mason Greenwood has found a home on the right wing, right? Like he's sort of, he has replaced um, Daniel James, uh, which mm-hmm. I feel like is already That's sort of chalked, chalked up as a, well, I guess he had some bench depth or something, but so Greenwood's got a slot. As far as Foden goes, it's not as clear. Uh, if he is, you have players like Bernardo Silva who can move around a lot. I mean, you have Foden who can obviously do that as well. Um, I, I, so yeah, I, like you said, it's, it's just a little tricky and, and having Foden and just, you know, suffering through probably every, you know, what, like two out of every four game weeks, he's not going to start. Um, and so that just sounds, that sounds stressful and not fun to me to, to invest that money in him. And maybe, uh, maybe, maybe we're all surprised or at least I'm surprised and he starts the first four matches, but, uh, well, yeah. they w- it wouldn't be the first one, but you know, start matches two through four. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I think I'm a little wary of him. Um, you know, one thing, Brandon, just, I didn't want to step on your toes, but the, the KDB thing, um, I was surprised by how high his ownership is right now, considering they're not playing a game week one. Uh, he's 43.5% owned already. Uh, uh-huh. So it's, 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 it's quite high. You know what? It's 42.6. I don't know where 43.5 came from. I'm literally looking at 42.6 and I still said the wrong number. Uh, it's 42.6% owned. So that is extraordinarily high and it makes you. So part of me is like, well, um, it could be that a lot of managers, you know, don't follow the game as closely. Don't realize that Man City don't have a match in game week one. Um, and it could actually be this really interesting situation where a lot of managers are like, oh my God, I 
I Katie, like, why didn't Katie B start? Like, what's happening in this match? But then they have Katie B for game week two. <laughs> and so suddenly it's like it can be this incredible edge if you just don't even know that he's uh that he doesn't play in game week one. And it would <laughs> okay. it's sort I, I'm sort of it's just like an interesting aside, but uh it makes me wonder if there is an argument for just finding a way to bench him in game week one. I mean at eleven point five million, that's it's a lot of money to put on your bench the first game week, but He's that good, and and he is a true fixture-proof player. It does not matter who they're playing. He's he would be expected to perform. So um, there's at least an argument for it. If there were, you know, if the if the defender, you know, if, if everything sort of lined up perfectly, um, I could see an argument for throwing him in the bench and giving me one. Yeah, if the fixtures weren't so good for Aubameyang and the Liverpool sure. mids in game week one, then then I would definitely be into that. But yeah. I I see what you're saying. KDB, it like let's be clear, it's not a matter of if you're going to get KDB, it's just like when you're going to bring him in. And I think sure. where I've landed looking at these fixtures is I think you can slow roll City into your team over the course of three or four game weeks just by virtue of you not having to captain them. And, and yeah, right. I, I think just to finish off on on Foden and this this City lineup is I think you're I think you're right that six point five, regardless of whatever we're saying about Foden, it's a great price, particularly if he does come good. You think about Greenwood again. Greenwood ultimately became I mean, Foden became a great player for City last season, but did he become a great fantasy asset? No. A lot of people got burned by him. If you had him on the one right game week, then yes. But Greenwood became a legitimate great fantasy asset because you understood as an FPL manager what you were getting. Yeah. And that could happen with Foden. We don't know if it does 6.5 is a phenomenal price point. Yeah. Do you want to move right to Man United now? Uh, we could talk Let's about Greenwood yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So Man United's 13 yeah. on our list today. Uh, Mason Greenwood, 10 goals, one assist, 17 bonus points. Comes in as a 7.5 million midfielder. Um, a little bit like Rashford, really more of a true forward. In some ways, they're they're, they're playing with three forwards right now, uh, with with Martial, Rashford, and and Greenwood all up front. And and honestly, it's worked pretty well. It seems like they just win a pen every twenty five minutes or so. And okay. uh, uh, but I, I don't think that's a fluky thing. I think that's that's part of. The, I mean, they just have three players in the box all the time. And when that happens, you're going to win more pens. Um, Greenwood is the one I was talking about stashing KDB in the bench. Pretty tricky to do at 11.5. Mason Greenwood is a player I am trying to stash on my bench. I would love to have Mason Greenwood for the game week two fixture at home to Crystal Palace. I think that in some ways, Man United have the most underrated, I should say under, I'm sure people are talking about it, but I feel like I'm not enough as being made of just how good the start is for Man United to kick things off. Um, Once you, once you get past that blanket game week one, uh, Palace, Brighton, Spurs. First of all, I think all of their home fixtures are 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 money in the bank. Uh, they were even this summer with nobody in the stands. So even though they play Spurs, Chelsea, and Arsenal at home in, in three of their first six matches, um, I, I just see those matches as all being matches where I would expect them to to win or at the very least score goals. Um, maybe it makes their defense a little less enticing, but certainly from a from an attacking perspective, uh, fine with that. And then. Uh, yeah, then you have Everton away, West Brom, Southampton, West Ham. So through the first 11 game weeks, once you get past that game week one blank, it is an incredible run of fixtures. And you know, the thing about Man United as well is that they are a hugely popular club that always have really high ownership of their players. And 
I think we're going to be in a position where we're really going to want to have something like two Man United players just just as kind of coverage, uh, because it's really going to hurt you in your rank if they if they just absolutely go off. And and the fixers are actually I was not really on the Bruno Fernandez. Uh, I'm, by the way, I'm sort of taking this in reverse because normally I talk about fixers last, but I just think it's really interesting to talk about this in the context of these players. I was not hugely enthusiastic about having Bruno Fernandez on my team, but I think these fixers are. Are, are turning me around a little bit. And I, I think I may try to, why weren't you, why, what turned you off of Bruno out of curiosity, because he was yeah. so phenomenal for FPL the second half of last season. Yeah, I guess I just, um, I, I just rate Salah. Ma, I mean, honestly, Salah, Mane, Sterling and KDB. I, I prefer all four of those players uh, to Bruno and, his price is high enough that he really is in that bracket. I know he's a little bit cheaper than them, but once you're at 10.5 million, that's really a, that's a premium slot, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so you have to kind of consider him in that category. Um, and so, and then I'm, it's sort of like, is it like, is it a Virgil van Dyke to Trent thing where like for that extra million, am I getting that, you know, how much more am I going to get for it? You know, if I, if mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm debating between Bruno and, and KDB, for example, um, so I I don't know I, I you know he tired or you a little could do bit it the reverse the and I'm yeah. you're, you're going to talk about Marcus Rashford in a second but if you say I'm not going to spend ten five on Bruno I get yeah. Rashford for nine point five right it's a great pick still and this is all irrelevant Brandon because Anthony Martial is the player that I want so <laughs> I want them all Brandon I want I want the okay. whole team <laughs> uh, but I think that, I think that Martial came in at a great price a nine million forward. Uh, for a team that seems to have figured it out from an attacking perspective, he had 17 goals, nine assists, 14 bonus points last season, and that 14 bonus points, Brandon, is going to—it's set to to rise considerably. Uh, he can see he can have 30 plus bonus points this season because the the, the you know he was he was he was getting midfielder goal bonus, and now he's getting forward goal bonus, and that's an extra eight bonus points for each goal that he scores. And um, I think that really would have would have brought him over the line on several matches over the course of the season. And he would have uh, picked up a ton more bonus points last year if that were the case. So I, I just think at 9 million, it's, it's I mean, it's a 0.5 million cheaper than Timo Werner. Um, it's, you know, 0.5 million more than, than Danny Ings or Roel Jimenez. Um, and to me, of those four players, he's the one that I that I most prefer. Well, actually, Werner and Werner and Martial, I think there's is, is really interesting debate. Um, and I may even try to have Werner and Martial. I may try to find a way to to make that happen. Um, which I'm not even sure how I'd make that work, like a four four two with a non playing third forward or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that uh, Martial. Uh, I, I was I was really never uh, the the most enthusiastic uh, Martial. I was never a stan of Martial, Brandon. To use your um, uh-huh. your lingo, you've taught this to me. Um, never yeah. never a stan of, of Martial. But now I'm I, after this like the second half of the summer. I finally got it. I finally sort of mm. was convinced that he had you know whatever crossed the line or something like that he turned it he's turned into some some different player he, he was not the player who pouted and took off the next 30 minutes when somebody didn't go his way and i feel like that's what he was yeah. a season or two ago that's all fine but i do wonder if you're just too late because them flipping spots martial and rashford talking about mm-hmm. you know the the bigger fpl points that rashford is now going to get for his goals he's going to get the clean sheet bonus i mean god that might just be the way you you tap into manchester united defensive returns i just think rashford is now that much more appealing than martial because of that and 
um, because we're going to, we've talked, we're, we've talked about Timo Werner. We're going to talk about Jimenez. Yeah. And, and you're mentioning the coverage for United. I just feel like Rashford is going to be the better pick than Martial. That's interesting because to me, I, I, he's, he's fourth. I feel like of, of the key players. I think that for an extra million, I would want Bruno for the pens. It seems like he is the, the established pen taker now. Um, I, I guess it's not confirmed, but at some you point. You just told me stuck. you didn't want Bruno. If I'm comparing about. Bruno to Rashford, I prefer Bruno to Rashford. Okay. Um, and I, I was, I, I initially, Brandon, I said that I was, I was talking myself into Bruno. Okay. So just to give myself some, okay. some gotcha. credit there. So, um, so you have Greenwood who has the, uh, he has the discount, which is going massively in his favor, right? 7.5 million for, um, a starting player who's playing, you know, a little bit like a forward in terms of how they're going to line up in most, most cases. Uh, you have Anthony Martial, who I think is also coming at a very reasonable price. Um, and and then you have Bruno, who is on set pieces and pens. So I feel like Rashford is just sort of misses out a little bit. Um, he doesn't quite offer any of the things that you'd want, except he's a million cheaper than Bruno. That's the only reason that I feel like I would go with, with Rashford over Bruno is because of that million savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we'll we'll certainly find out. But the way the goals are actually shared, I guess we're I'm leaving Bruno out of this conversation. The way the goals are shared between Martial, Rashford, and Greenwood, I don't know. It's just slightly augering in favor of Rashford for me. But yeah, I I think it's fair that you could make a case for all four of these guys. Um, as far as transfers go, there's there's really no news uh, so far. Um, the Alexis Sanchez deal became permanent, so I'm, I'm sure you're sad to see him officially out of the league, Brandon. It's a tough day for all of so us. Uh, the Dean Henderson news, uh, we still don't know where he is. Uh, there, the rumor is that uh, Ole wants to give him uh, one more season of of you know bloody, and uh, you wonder if he might go off to like a German club or uh, wherever you know some club where he can get some European experience next year. Um, I, it looks like it probably won't be Sheffield because they they went ahead and signed um, another keeper. They signed uh, Aaron Ramsdale. Ramsdale. Yep, they spent like twenty million on him. So I, I think that he's almost he's, that's a lot of money for them. So I think he's almost certainly going to be their starting keeper. Um, so yeah, what happens? Henderson, I think, is interesting, and I have to say. You know, when I first heard like that he needs one more season, I was like, uh, like, is, is that really true? Like, I feel like he's already better than 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 De Gea. But you know, he did say this about about Mason Greenwood last season, and he was really reluctant to give Mason Greenwood any kind of consistent minutes. And it feels like it really worked in terms of Greenwood's confidence, and really like he, he was like ready to go when he got those minutes. And it's because that he pulled that off. I see. I feel like I. I I'm sort of giving a little bit of credit with Henderson, like, okay, like maybe he does need, um, you know, a little more time before he steps into Man United. So, so we'll see what happens there. The defense in general, I'm not particularly enthusiastic about, um, you can get Luke Shaw for cheap. Um, but I don't know. I mean, are you, are you, do you have any interest in the, uh, any interest or enthusiasm in the Man United defense? (laughs) No interest nor enthusiasm. No. (laughs) And, um, you know, they had this run right before the, uh, the lockdown began in early March where they were, I think like seven clean sheets on the bounce across all competitions. And I went in for McGuire. A lot of people tried to buy into that United defense in the restart and it was awful. There was a mistake from one, whether it was De Gea, whether it was, um, whether it was, uh, the uh, Swedish guy Lindelof or whether mm-hmm. it was McGuire, somebody was going to cock it up 
and they were going to let in a goal. And I just think the the premium that you pay there, it's not worth it. Yeah, and Shaw's been bad on an injury. Um, McGuire is, uh, you know, in handcuffs somewhere right now. I don't know. I think he. I think he doesn't have to stand trial. Uh, for He's all that the Ryan stuff. Lochte of Manchester United. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. All right, so lots to talk about there. I, I, I think this. I think what one thing that's really fun about this this upcoming season, and um, maybe especially Man United, it feels like there is some real debate this season. There are some real. The Foden thing, uh, based in Greenwood, there's just a lot of there's a lot of young talent that you're not quite sure what they're going to turn into. A lot of established players and just almost too many good players to fit into your squad. So I, I think it's really going to be an exciting season, just in terms of the variety that we'll see. So Brandon, when it comes to excitement and variety, I bring you Newcastle, the fourth team on our list. What do you have to say about Newcastle, Brandon? I have it all to say about Newcastle. Finished last season in 13th place. What do we expect from them this season? I mean, they are a bit of a mess. Ownership crisis. Uh, Are they signing anyone? But I feel like there is this market inefficiency within the Premier League that Newcastle is ripe to exploit in that they could, you know, you look at Max St. Maximin play. You look at Almiron play. They could become the fastest team in the Premier League if they Mm -hmm. sign the right way. And I just think, like, if you're Newcastle, you've got to find a niche because right now they don't have a niche. They used to have kind of a stout defense. They don't really have that anymore. They used to have French players, really a really great number nine with Rondon. He's gone. So they're just in this um, this this liminal space right now. If you look at the opening fixtures for Newcastle, they are not awful. They are kind of good, but you must consider with them, you just don't know if kind of good or really bad Newcastle is going to show up, mm-hmm. no matter how good the fixture may be. So, you know, you just kind of brush all of this early preseason talk off with Newcastle and just wait to see what kind of form uh, presents itself. Lots of interesting rumors, though, circulating about Newcastle. Bournemouth boys, Callum Wilson, Josh King. Surely these guys are talented enough to get picked mm. up by some Premier League club. It'd be fun if they send them both, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just have Wilson and King up front. Just like recreate the Bournemouth experience. I had a friend who uh, joined the Marines ultimately. And before he did that, he was trying to get me to join with him. He said, Brandon, you know, you can join on the buddy system, which means they would always put us in the same combat unit. And... um for whatever reason, he thought that was really appealing, and it, <laughs> it did didn't didn't really uh, get through to me. But yeah, I think uh, Wilson and King should definitely go in on the buddy system. Ainsley, Maitland, Niles from Arsenal, Chris Smalling, Tom Davies, Jeff Hendrick. The the rumor list goes on, and they need mm-hmm. as many players as they get. I think, but who for your FPL squad is worth talking about? I mean, I, I think the the two that kind of try to poke through are Saint Maximin and Almiron. St. Maximin getting a 5.5 price tag, I think, is probably the banner FPL asset on Newcastle because that, you know, even though it's just 0.5 difference between him and Almiron, I think the 5.5 price tag does make St. Maximin the most appealing player. Just three goals and five assists last season, but you do feel like he's one of those that has it in him to, to kind of put a four week game week run together. So you catch Mm -hmm. him in the right form and you could find yourself with a couple of goals or a couple of assists. So I think he's one to just slot on the watch list. I mean, we we were talking about this before we started recording, like where Josh, where, 
Newcastle absolutely need to improve up front with a striker. Joel Joel Ellington priced at 6.0. No one's really going to go near this guy. So if they were to able if they were able to sign somebody like Callum Wilson, I think that would make you take another look at the uh, Newcastle attack. Beyond that, like their defense, I kind of mentioned they're just they just don't feel like they used to be. Lascelles just like perennially at four point five. Mm-hmm. Um, he just can't shake that price tag, but totally. he becomes less and less appealing as we go. And then weirdly, Dubrovka ends up priced up to 5.0. 11 clean sheets last season. Not bad, especially compare him to McCarthy at Southampton. Just seven clean sheets for McCarthy. So maybe you could argue just by the numbers, Dubrovka earned that 5.0 price tag. But yeah. by and large, Newcastle defense is not feeling great to me. Yeah, I don't get some of these prices. Like, how does Joe Linton? I, I say Joe Linton. Is it Joel Inton? I don't know. That's how you said. Uh, whatever, however you say I, uh, Joe Linton's name. Um, t- yeah, two goals, two assists last season. Looked terrible all year and comes in at a six million price, which seems like it's a, like a good million too high. Um, yeah, not not enthusiastic about these prices across the board. And uh, Dubrovka, yeah, like you said, eleven clean sheets, but. Yeah, five million seems a little high there too. I don't know if there's a feeling that he was going to be universally owned or something at four point five million, but I, I think that would have been a fair price Why? for him. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the Richie one is Richie injured right now, or is it just that he's oft injured? I, I see you have in the notes injured because mm-hmm. Matt Richie sure, yeah. at five million if he's healthy. I mean, I, I think I might prefer him over um, over everybody's favorite um, West Ham asset. Um, what's his name? Uh, the uh, the goal Suchek. scoring Suchek. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Suchek is a defensive midfielder, and, and Ryan. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I mean, what's what's not to like about Matt Ritchie, who Ritchie, scored no, two yeah. goals and one assist last season? Like, you can't argue with those returns, Josh. <laughs> and what is, what's even more <laughs> hilarious about Matt Ritchie is he's back as a midfielder, baby. Matt Ritchie was the first price announcement of FPL at the start of the last season, and they were mm-hmm. like, "Congratulations, Matt Ritchie, we've made you a defender," and they <laughs> they've definitely yeah. backtracked on that. Um, what I mean by injured is not that he's injured now, but he was very injured last season. So yeah, two goals and one assist. Maybe that's unkind to say that was his own. Those were his only returns for the season because he did miss large swaths of the season. So yeah, Richie, sure. Throw him on the watch list. I don't care. Just on the watch list. I, I mean, they have a pretty good start, like you said, and uh, a 5 million player who is going to get some minutes. I don't know. It's 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 not bad. I, I I think maybe he's like a little under the radar. This is like me not giving it any thought at all. Just just seeing his price and, and thinking about how he's probably going to be a starter going into the season. So uh, sometimes the, there are players like Matt Ritchie where you're like, well, I don't really rate them, but you're like, well, you know, eventually I'm going to play a wild card, my first my first half wild card, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop him anyway. So maybe I can just have him for a few weeks and. And, you know, and sort of take a punt on him. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. These rumors are what interest me about Newcastle. It feels like they're a team that could improve considerably if some of these rumors actually come to pass. If we saw a Josh King or a Callum Wilson join, uh, because that midfield, as you as you noted, um, St. Maximum and, and Almiron are both really talented, really speedy players. And um, if you combine those with, with a Callum Wilson, suddenly that team's kind of interesting. 
Yeah, and you got Shelby just in the middle of the pitch, just spraying balls everywhere. Oh, my oh, God, I mean, these guys yeah. are going to be tough for contenders. Forget about it. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and I, I, I guess the ownership stuff like really screws them over because I mean, is, is Mike Ashley going to spend any cash on this team in the next three to four mm. weeks? You would think not unless a deal comes through. So I just don't think it's looking very promising for them at the start. No, I think I think you may be right there. Um, although Matt Ritchie, I've got my eye on you. Okay, Matt. So just keep your eye out. Uh, keep your eye out on my eye. Uh, Brandon Sheffield United. Let's move on. New players. Science <laughs> transfer rumors. Uh, Dean Henderson out. Aaron Ramsdale in. I like mm-hmm. Ramsdale, even though I think he looks a little Crow Magnum. You know, there's no, there's no getting around that. <laughs> okay. Very prominent. I like, uh, too I like him brow. too. Yeah, I I brought him in. I I gave him my vote of confidence by having a needless 4.5 backup keeper on the restart last season. That was Ramsdale. So I'm with you. I think he is a fitting replacement for Dean Henderson at Sheffield United. Yeah, and his this is not a this is not much of a stat pace podcast, Brandon. We occasionally will will very delicately roll one out there. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't think the stats, um, really, uh, show what a good keeper he is. I think as a shot stopper, he's, he's actually quite good. Uh, Bournemouth's defense was not set up to keep clean cheese. And so you can't really blame him too much for that. Um, and I, I think that in a, in a team like Sheffield United, which is extremely well coached, has a very established defense. I think Ramsdale is going to look a lot better, you know, basically from, from, from game week one. Um, so yeah, the, nothing else notable really in the pipeline so far. I mean, I was kind of looking around and I was like, eh, you know, I, I, there's nothing like really gets me, um, super, super excited as, as far as like new, new signs that may come through. I thought they might, you know, there might be like a forward in the pipeline or something like that, but nothing that I could find. Um, so really the question is, um, they couldn't possibly improve up front, Josh, they just couldn't possibly do it. Yeah, well, actually, let's we'll, we'll, before we talk about the defense, let's, let's jump up ahead there. So, um, yeah, Mousset and McBurney are both ludicrously priced at six million. What is that going is on? Outrageous! Get me <laughs> FPL on the phone right now because I want to report a crime. Mousset five million tops. McBurney, okay, give him five point five million because he's probably going to start a lot of matches. I mean, they, first of all, they, they wrote, you know, the, um, Chris, what's uh, Chris Wilder, uh, Wilder rotates the forwards really heavily. So you don't really want a Sheffield United forward just to begin with because, uh, they're in and out of the squad all the time. I guess McBurney's a pretty consistent, he and McGoldrick, I guess, are the consistent ones. Uh, but none of them score a lot of goals. Uh, so the, the price seems really high. Um, Lundstrom, uh, you know, I guess we've gone too long without talking about him, but John Lundstrom, the, mm-hmm. Player famously started out as a four million defender last season, but never once playing <laughs> oh, in the defensive wow. position, uh, oh is now uh, reasonably priced, I suppose, at uh, five point five million. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's like I have to say goodbye to all these players. I know we had such good times mm-hmm. with them last season, but now they are priced out of our out of our conversation. I think. I think there are a couple spots where you could look. Um, I think that Oliver Norwood is is fine at five million. I think that he is a it's a it's a reasonable price. He's on some set pieces. Um, they're going to get some clean sheets, right? So you get that. So you know, it just sort of depends on how much money you're willing to have in that kind of non-playing midfielder spot. But you know, if you can go an extra point five, then you're probably going to get some some bonus points out of him. Um, the question is whether you want to just go with a Suchak or a my boy Matt Ritchie, of course, Brandon, uh, at five million. Jeez. 
or just go down to a 4.5 million and spend that money elsewhere. Uh, But Norwood's okay at five, you know, maybe with a 5 million defender, perhaps. And if we're talking 5 million defenders, you have three of them now uh, at Sheffield United. You have Egan, Basham, and O'Connell. It does seem like Egan is has a little more goal scoring threat. It feels like he was, you know, the three of them, they're all the center backs in their five man defense. Um, and so it sort of varies. I feel like they all, they all have a few moments. The prices are all pretty, pretty tightly bunched. Uh, you have O'Connell at the lowest and then Basham with 123 and Egan at 133, but they're all, they're all priced the same. You have to jump up another 0.5 to get the, uh, the wingbacks, uh, Stevens, Enda Stevens, and uh, and Baldock, George Baldock, um, and five point five, I think, is reasonable. Um, certainly, like lots of, uh, yeah, I expect them to keep a fair number really? of clean sheets. Well, uh, I, I, mean, I think they'll they're get. I good. think they're. I think that they'll be found out this season. I think they had their one season, and the hmm. system will be will be found out at this point. I think. I. I have to disagree with you there because I am I'm such a Chris Wilder, even though I can remember his name a second ago. I'm such a Chris Wilder fan that I think he's going to to roll with it. And um I think it was I, I like the aggression of the Ramsdale move. Just just go ahead and, and buy a, a decent keeper right off the bat. Don't find yourself in a tough position there. I think the defense is pretty settled. I, th- I think they have to find a way to score more goals. And um looking at what they've got up front, it doesn't really it isn't clear to me who who that's going to be. Um, uh, McBurney's a little younger than I realized. Uh, he's only, uh, I think he's like 23 years old. So maybe there's a little potential there, a little more room to grow. He certainly has looked decent at times, um, but it's just a shame he came in at $6 million, which just kind of renders him uh, irrelevant, uh, you know, from a, fantasy, <clears throat> from a fantasy perspective. No doubt. I think he should eat a few cheeseburgers as well. Put on some pounds. He's, a, little he's a little too slight. A little yeah. skinny. So that's Sheffield. I I know I wanted a little more energy for that section because I actually thought they were a fun team last year. <laughs> but from a fantasy point of view, I'm not overly enthusiastic. I think you could go into the season with someone like Egan as a rotatable defender because their fixtures to start off are, are okay. Uh, certainly the first five, they're pretty good. Wolves at home, uh, Villa, uh, Villa away, Leeds at home. Uh, Arsenal away, Fulham at home. So four of those five are, are okay. I mean, the Wolves won. Mm, okay, maybe that's not that's not a great fixture, but it's not it's not terrible. It's not like Wolves put past you know put three or four goals past everybody. So uh, their starts okay. It gets a little worse from there. Um, but if you're if you know if you think you're going to play an earlyish wild card, you could consider Egan because I, I I have like a little bit of faith and and give me a consistent defense sometimes, Brandon. Just give me a, like a team that it's kind of like Burnley. Mm-hmm. Like give me a team that's known for playing good defense, and I'll sort of default to having players from those teams. You know, when it comes to picking my fantasy defenders. Yeah, getting getting Stoke City vibes here. All right, that's great. Let's um, let's take a quick break as we're finished with Sheffield United. We'll come back and kick things off with Southampton. All right, gang, from tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine. 
the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com. That's T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N.com slash blue wire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash blue wire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash blue wire. Brandon, Sundays, Sundays, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. I think we're going to get some Saturdays too. Maybe not as many as I thought before because there are college football teams that are in like the entire university is in quarantine and they are somehow still practicing. So I, I think we're going to get like a weird season where like 50% of college football takes place. Anyway, uh, with NFLSundayTicket.tv, uh, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels, you'll never miss your favorite team or your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE, that's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, no space. Brandon, we're back. Team previews, part two of part two. Kick things off with Southampton. An interesting team. I am, I am intrigued by Southampton, Brandon. You, you, my curiosity has peaked. Let's get into yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, my tendency in life generally, Josh, is to be cynical. And I think that's come through in a few teams here. And I dare say it's going to come through again with Southampton. So if you look back to Southampton last season, they came from the brink to finish in 11th place. Definitely qualified as like among the top 10 teams by the end of last season. Yep. So what is their ceiling coming into this next season? Like I would probably say eighth place would be as high as they could go. But my general feeling is they are probably not going to be as good as they were during the second half of the season and will be probably fighting for that like 12th, 13th, 14th, 14th position. Now, why do I think that? Josh. So you look at Danny Ings, who's probably the only fantasy asset who we need to talk about with regard to Southampton. Massive season, 22 goals and two assists last season. So 22 goals on a season XG of 16.64. So Danny Ings just like massively outperforming his XG throughout the course of the season. The reverse Gabriel Jesus. Total reverse Jesus, right? You compound that with this new FPL price tag of 8.5, and you're just like, am I going to be able to fit Ings into my squad? The only reason you're going to fit him in at 8.5 is if he is if he's on that 22 goals a season pace, which if you just look at these stats, it's just not going to happen. And I just feel like Southampton, they're an odd team. That midfield is, is strange. I mean, them... Selling Hoyleberg brings money into the club, and that's fine. And I'm not saying like Hoyleberg is like the the glue that holds everything together. But 
you know, is, is arm Premier League player though. Like a, you know, he's like a, yeah, yeah trusted, you know, he can do a job. Totally agree. I think like the one positive thing you could say here is the chemistry that is coming together between Redmond and Armstrong and Ings, but that's chemistry between these three players. And I'll say their names again, Ings, Armstrong and Redmond. And you know, that, that might, that might sound fun to you right now. Just thinking of all the good times you had when Southampton played Norwich city at the end of last season. But I'm just not a believer that Hasenhutl is going to get the same level of performance when we start this next season. So Ings, I, I just think he's overpriced at 8.5. I'm going to need to see proof that that he does perform. The budget option, Che Adams at 6.0. Now, what do you make of this talk that, well, Che Adams, he really, he really came into his own at the end of last season. The one goal I remember him scoring was an awful Ederson clearance. And, I mean, it, it takes... There is a degree of difficulty. It was a cool goal for sure. But Adams is, if if those are the goals he's scoring, they're not going to come by very often. And he was presented with many easier chances at the start of the season that he just couldn't convert. So um, it's, it's just, it's tough going for the Southampton attack. They do have some new signings over the summer, such as it was that, um, but might bear mentioning Kyle Walker Peters, who was a lone player, that move was made permanent. And then um, they signed a new center back with the 21 year old Ghanaian Mohamed Salisu. He's pressed at 4.5 uh, comes from La Liga. This team Valladolid. I'm not totally well versed on La Liga, but that is one of the La Liga teams. I have definitely never heard of before finished in 13th place, um, started 30, 31 matches for them. Does this cause a problem for, our favorite Southampton central defensive mid, uh, mainstays like Bednarak um, or Jack Stevens. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Jack Stevens got the, the kill shot from FPL towers priced up to 5.0. That does make me go back to Kyle Walker Peters, who is a fullback. He can get up. Do you remember when Kyle Walker Peters I should say now pressed at 4.5 at Southampton. Do you remember when Kyle Walker Peters had that random hat trick of assists for Spurs like two seasons yeah, ago? Yeah, I, I I had forgotten, but yes, you have you have reminded me. God, I forgot. Yeah, that you know, five four point five was actually a pretty good price for him, isn't it? On on Southampton. That's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Really considered him. Yeah, so four point four point five is the ticket for me with Southampton. So Kyle Walker Peters, as we mentioned, and you agree, Josh. And then McCarthy, goalkeeper at four point five. You know, I really tried hard to sell you on Merrick Rodak on our mm-hmm. part, part one pod, Josh. But yeah, the sensible convinced. manager, yeah. if you're looking for a 4.5 goalkeeper, is McCarthy. I think I saw on Twitter that he is in one of your current drafts, McCarthy. Yeah, well, I you know, the problem is um, I, I've, been, I've been looking at keepers for, for game week one and until we have some more information, it just it's just a weird we're in a weird spot. We don't know what's happening at Chelsea. We don't we don't know what's happening at Arsenal. Uh, Man United is still a question mark. Plus, four teams don't play in game week one, uh, including one of them in Burnley that has Nick Pope, which I think would be a really popular player otherwise. So there aren't just a number of fantastic options, and if you're not going to wild card in game week two, then you're sort of by process of elimination, it kind of comes down to Ramsdale or, or McCarthy. And, um, or maybe, 
I don't know. You know, I'm sure I mean, there are a couple other ones Rodak. as well. Yeah, Rodak, um, maybe Gaita. You know, there are like a few other players that you can consider, but um, I think just because McCarthy's 0.5 million cheaper, it sort of you know makes me kind of lean towards him a little bit. Yeah, Gaita 5.0, so he's he's not in the mix there, it's unfortunately. unfortunately. Yeah, it's too <laughs> you sound you sound heartbroken there. Well, if he was 4.5, he'd be in my team. I think. Yeah. So yeah, do you feel like I'm being too negative on Danny Ings here, or, or, or yeah, would you fall well, in line with me? Well, what, what what could they do, right? I mean, he scored what was it, 22 goals last season, um, and you know, I don't think they're really taking XG into account too much with this kind of thing. I mean, I think um, uh, you know, if he comes in at 7.5, it's way too low. Um, I probably would have gone 8 million personally. Um, 8.5 yeah. does feel just slightly too high. Um, I, I just think as a general rule of thumb. Southampton could be better this year. Like they could be, um, you know, 10th, right? Like you, like you said, they could be a total mid table, like perfectly fine, never in threat all year, which I think is very reasonable. But I think a good rule of thumb is as a fantasy manager is not to have expensive players from teams that are mediocre. It's, it's typically not where you want to, to put your money in. And that XG thing, Brandon, when you, when you, I, I didn't know he was six goals over his XG. When I hear that, Brandon, my blood runs cold. Okay, I had to. I don't know. You can't see me right now, but I mm-hmm. I walked across my apartment and and back uh, just to just to uh, get, get my get, my, get my heart going again. Exactly. Wow. Um, yeah, it's so that that's a little concerning. I I think Armstrong is actually an interesting uh, player to consider at five point five million. It's a pretty good price. Five goals and four assists last season, um, and they have quite a decent start to the season. I think really through the first eight game weeks, they have one of the better starts to the to the year. So I think he's a consideration. Like he might be slightly better than even like St. Maximum, who's a player I've been considering that for that that 5.5 million spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ings, Ings is not in my draft right now, uh, nor do I expect him, <laughs> expect him, nor do I expect him to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, up to the start of the season. I mean, have you thought about Ings at all? It sounds like you're kind of in the same boat as me. No, no, I haven't. So yeah, I, be, I mean, my my general underlining here is that I'm disinterested in Southampton at the moment. I think we saw probably the best of what Hassan Hoodle has to offer. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like 4.5 is my price ceiling here for mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. That's what, yeah. what I have to say. Jay Adams, I mean, you know, he's... He's interesting. I, 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 you know, I mean, he, maybe he just needed a year to, he's highly regarded. I, I, you know, I mean, that 6 million price tag is, is not bad. That's kind of that Mitro slot, you know? So would you prefer Mitrovic or Shea Adams? Yeah, no, I, I, I think I kind of said my piece on, on Shea Adams. Uh, uh, certainly if you compare his performance last season, uh, four goals to four assists to Mitrovic, who won the golden boot in the championship, um, the difference between Fulham and Southampton isn't going to be so vast that we wouldn't wouldn't want to consider Mitrovic. So yeah, that's where I land. So yeah, I, I think I think we can just move on to Spurs now. Okay, uh, so Spurs, yeah, another team. It's funny. It's funny. I feel like we're in this like kind of like a run of kind of bummer teams, you know, um, just going from Sheffield uh, to to Southampton and now to, now to Spurs. I mean, it, it's so far the signings. Um, they brought in Hoiberg. Uh, he's available for, for five million. Um, he's just a season removed from a four goal, three assist season. So, um, you know, and he's also on a better team now. So you could maybe see him 
getting a few more chances. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he finished the season with something like four goals and three assists. Um, they brought in Joe Hart, you know, whatever. Uh, it's, okay. it's a shame that Hugo Lloris came in at 5.5. That's actually, I, I thought there might be a chance he'd come in at 5 million flat. And if he did, I think he would have been a really popular pick, but I think at 5.5, it's just, I don't really know why he even came in at that because he had six clean sheets last season and didn't even score a hundred points. But you uh, know that Joe enough. Hart signing only happened because Joe Hart wanted to put it on his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I, that's a weird one, but I, I guess, so part of the problem, I mean, I guess he's going to do some of these European matches and part of the, the whole thing with, with Spurs is they actually have a pretty good start to the season from a fantasy point of view, but because Arsenal, you know, really screwed them by winning the Europa League because it bumped them down a spot and they are now in the the mess of Europa League qualifying and <laughs> mm-hmm. it's going to be wrapped around the start of the Premier League season for them and I don't know that they can just give it up entirely. I don't think that that's. I, I don't think Mourinho would would wants to be in a situation where they like lose to some random team in Europa League qualifying. I think that's it's kind of a dark way to start the season. So they're going to take it at least semi seriously, which makes players like Son a little a little a little more worrisome because he's not a player who um, these players' minutes seem to get seem to get managed a little more carefully than some other players. So. Um, as far as other players that may come in, it's interesting. We actually talked about Maitland-Niles already, but he's also been rumored for Spurs. Uh, Ivan Perisic, the uh, the Bayern left winger, has been rumored, uh, and then Ryan Brewster too uh, has been mm-hmm. has been rumored. I don't know if that would be a loan or a, or a full on signing if that happened. Um, it would seem they would need some right back cover. Uh, there's a bit of an issue right now where um, it sounds like Serge Aurier may actually leave the club. Um, AC Milan has been rumored as a possible spot, which would seem to leave them with no right backs. Uh, which does not seem like a great place <laughs> to be to start a Classic. new season. Yeah, so I don't understand why they would yeah. sell Orier. I mean, I don't, I don't rate Orier highly necessarily, but he does seem like he was one of the Mourinho players. Yeah, like he he just was tell me what to do, boss, and I'll do yeah. it. And Mourinho loves those types of players. I, so I think it's an odd signing. I think it's a little odd too, and maybe it's just that he just wants out. I mean, who knows? But. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting because it feels like a lot of clubs, at Leicester, come to mind too, where it's like they're going to make these signings fairly soon here. You know, like it's really good. I mean, you can't just bring in a player with eight days to go before the season starts, unless you want to just get off to a terrible start. So, if if Aurier leaves, then yeah, they're, they're going to, need to bring in some kind of replacement. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, maybe he starts the season and then and then gets transferred. You know, the deadline is in October, so uh, it may be that he plays a couple matches before before leaving. Um, so the players to consider is really two, maybe a third wild card in Delhi Alley, but it's, it's Kane and son. Uh, Kane comes in reasonably. Um, I think it's the same price as Aguero, right? Is Aguero 10.5? Yeah, that's right. That's correct. Yeah. So comes in at that, that 10.5. It's, it's not a bad price. It really isn't. Um, 18 goals, two assists, 26 bonus points. Um, and they, they, you know, those are kind of like wrapped around a, a massive injury, which unfortunately has been. Um, a real problem for Kane the last few years uh, looked as good. I would say the last four weeks of the season as he has in like multiple seasons, uh, it feels like he really did, did come back strong um, after the injury. And so maybe, but you know, he's also a notoriously slow starter. He has, I think virtually every season of the premier league. I know he finally scored a goal in August. Uh, was it last year? He doesn't year? have to worry about that this season, does he? He doesn't really, exactly, exactly. So maybe he'll he'll start off a little a little warmer, uh, but you know it still gives me a pause. The the price is pretty high. Um, 
I, I just don't, he doesn't feel like an essential fantasy player to me. Like I'm sure that he will do what he does, but at, at, at that price, it's, what am I giving up to get to bring him in? You know, it feels like I'm, I'm giving up. Can I get as much from, I mean, I look at like Jimenez is 2 million cheaper. You know, am I going to get that much more from Kane than I would from Jimenez? I, seems hard to believe, you know, and at Timo Werner, the million cheaper, I feel like I'm going to get as much from him as well. So uh, unfortunately, yeah. I think that the 27 goal Kane seasons feel like they're in the rearview mirror. And I think you're really right to bring up the mess of the Europa League, especially with Spurs. You look at these, the two standout FPL players in Kane and Son, both of these guys are poster children for having played too much football. Like Son continually playing in the Asian Cup and you know, getting fulfilling his military duty for South Korea. Kane is often injured because he never takes any rest and he's playing in all of the, the international friendlies and tournaments for England. So right. you, it, and it's, it's, it's less that they can't handle it, but it just, it keeps piling up. They don't get any rest. And right. because especially Kane continues to break down because of no rest, Europa is going to be a disaster for Spurs. I would, I would agree with you there. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I don't mean to be so down. I mean, cause our fixtures are, are good, but I, I just doesn't feel, I look at this team kind of up and down and I just think, you know what? I don't need any of them for my fantasy team. I, I just don't. And I, I don't really trust Mourinho anymore. I don't know what you're getting out of him. It doesn't even seem like defensively you're getting that much right now. So um, yeah, I mean, I we'll see. I mean, we'll pivot and talk about them a lot more. If, if things really start to click um, you have all of these, all these kind of, random players in their squad who we're not even talking about right now, like Bergvine and, and Lucas Mora. Um, Lamella looked good at times. LaCelso actually looked good at times as well. But I mean, it's hard to point to any of them and think, yeah, I want to start game week one with, with one of those players in my team. Okay. Let's move on to West Brom. <laughs> so there's yeah, some, sorry, sorry, Spurs fans. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. Uh, West Brom, we know we, we do actually have a number of West Brom Patreon supporters, at least like a, the uh, secret FPL baggy fan base out there. So we see you. So congrats to West Brom making it back to the Premier League. Former West Ham manager Slavin Bilic somehow got this ragtag gang uh, mm-hmm. to second place in the championship. So not only do we get to see Matty Phillips back in the Premier League, but we also get to see... Slavin Bilic back in the Premier League. Uh, tipped by most to go straight back down. So we don't need, really need to to um, get too uh, sophisticated Attached. about this analysis mm-hmm. here. But their profile coming out of the championship is, you know, they, they kind of won promotion through goal scoring. They were tied with Leeds on 77 goals, which was second most goals scored in the championship last season, second to, to Brentford. Um, but their strike force is old and weird. They have two forwards right now in the game, Hale Robson Canoe at 31 years old and also Charlie Austin, who is 31 years old, but he might as well be 41. His, you know, his, <laughs> his knees tell me that he's, he's upwards yeah. of 41. And, you know, Charlie Austin, you'll, you, you know, if you were playing FPL when he was at QPR, you had great times with him. I know you mm-hmm. did um, in particular, Josh. Sure. Yeah. But, 
it's just not the same Charlie Austin that was at QPR that ended up at Southampton that's coming back up. He just had 18 starts with West Brom last season. So his minutes are going to be really dodgy, we would expect. Uh, So the fixtures to start for West Brom, Leicester, Everton, Chelsea, not great to start. Southampton, Burnley, Brighton, they kind of clear up a little bit around game weeks four, five, six. Um, But that's that's really neither here nor there. If you're looking at a team that's predicted to be garbage, you probably just don't want to try and try and game the fixtures. The one player that uh, does stand out amongst all of them is their most expensive player. And that's Mateus Pereira, mm-hmm. uh, 6.0 million midfielder, 24 year old Brazilian. And he was basically their Jack Grealish last season, attacking mid often plays in the hole. He had the most shots of any West Brom player, even among their strikers, 111 shots last season. He's on corners and direct free kicks. Uh, so he is the route to FPL points for West Brom, uh, eight goals and 16 assists. So a big sort of playmaker in Mateus Pereira. We mentioned, uh, Robson canoe and Charlie Austin. They have that sort of, they have that formerly known as Jordan. IU cut price at 5.5. So if for whatever reason, West Brom crack the code, then you can perhaps find a makeshift budget striker there. Beyond that, um, in in the attack, you know you know them, you love them. Matty Phillips, Jake Livermore, probably not a huge amount of FPL returns there. Another four point five goalkeeper in the mix, Johnston. I mean, he he did find uh, thirteen clean sheets last season in the championship. But one thing to note about West Brom is they were absolutely horrible defensively at home, playing at the Hawthorns. Right. Just five of their thirteen clean sheets happened at home. They were better away, so you do find that to be a little a little odd. Also in the defense, Kieran Gibbs, former Arsenal fullback, he's priced at four point five. Hagazi. Um, Josh, he was a big game week one month for <laughs> sure. you when well, he was, that, that yeah, relegation season for West Brom. Four, four million player. Uh, the rumor was always, when is he going to stop earning starts? And he started all 38 matches that season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's back. So, you know, there are there are budget players here, but, uh, you know, the the outlook for West Brom is not great right now. We just kind of have to see if they're if they're up for it before we invest. Yeah, um, it looks like the fixtures do get a little better uh, once you get, I don't know, past the first three or four. They also like feel like one of those teams that could randomly like score seven points from nine, right? And they're like top of the table after three game weeks, and then they like don't score another point for 12 weeks, you know? <laughs> like, sure, it, it, do a totally, Huddersfield. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, I mean, they have some veteran Premier League players. I think the defense is worth monitoring um, because there are a lot of veterans in there, and um yeah, like Kazi, Karen Gibbs, you know, who knows? Uh, but yeah, the midfield, it's it's not super exciting because there isn't even that like kind of 4.5 million uh, midfielder where you're like, well, maybe I can just throw him in there and he could be like my my Maloney. You know, that's an old Wigan callback there. But, you know, just my random cheapy. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. Yep. I haven't really seen that. I mean, Matt Phillips a 5.5, like, yeah, no thanks. You know, so so it, it's, a, it's a wait and see team. Like, you know, I, I guess, like you said, Mateus Pereira uh, is the one who's sort of Interesting, but yeah, at six million. Um, I you know you really have to see. It's just a little pricey. A little pricey. Yep. yep. 
For All right, sure. two teams, two teams left to go, Brandon. This epic four hours of of previews. Um, the first one is West Ham. I think a, a more interesting team um, from Slavin Village to Slavin Village. What a what a segue indeed, from strength to strength. Um, so um, Suchek, we talked about earlier, did sign a permanent deal. He'd been on loan the first the last half of last summer or the last half of the uh, nineteen twenty season. Uh, five, um, five million. He had three goals and zero assists. He really is a defensive midfielder though. He has had a record of scoring goals everywhere he's gone, but it's not like he is a out of position midfielder who, when he scored those goals and all those chances when he first started, I was like, Oh, like, where is he listed? You know, like, is he, like, is he, a, is he a forward? Like what, what's going on? I wasn't, I wasn't following the Suchek story at first. I was like, wait, he's a defensive midfielder. What's going on here? So it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like having like a, I don't even, you know, it's 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 Etienne interesting Kapu. because, yeah, but Etienne Capu is different though because most of his goals it feels like they were outside the box, you know, where he'd pick up a loose ball and, and fire it in, and this is more like having like a weird John Terry of the defensive midfield. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Know? That's a good. That's a yeah. I think that's so right. It's kind of interesting. And so at five million, he's sort of intriguing. I think the problem is uh, their their start is um, is really tricky. It's they have a good game week one, and uh, if you were doing the the free hit game week one, treat, you know, treat game week one like a free hit, and then and then wild card of game week two, they're they're maybe worth considering. But otherwise, it's it's very tricky. Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, Man City, Liverpool, um, in game weeks two through seven, that is a about as bad as it gets. I would say um, it really is. I mean, Leicester away is a really tough fixture. Spurs away is tough, and then Man City, Liverpool back to back from there. Um, so I think. You know, if you bring in Suchek, you're not going to get a lot of clean sheets, right? So you're looking at you're getting a two pointer most of the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's this weird defensive midfielding goal machine, uh, but you know, he, you know, Spurs away, Liverpool away, they're not going to concede a lot of goals anyway. So I sort of feel like there's a lot of excitement around him, but unless you're planning to start him every week, I think you're probably almost better off with a 4.5 million midfielder and just use that 0.5 million elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, I agree. You know, if for some yeah. reason you find that you're triggering your, you can wait and trigger your wild card around game week seven or eight, heading into that Fulham Sheffield United Villa run, yeah. then maybe Suchek is your guy. Yeah. It's the classic flip side situation where, you know, tough start. I feel like Newcastle for years and years were like this, where they just always had this like terrible start of the season. And then they sort of got interesting, you know, eight weeks in or whatever. So I think that West Ham is the flip side uh, team this season, where this the second half of the first half, um, there'll be a lot. I mean, right, because they'll have already played all of these yeah. teams, right? So, yeah. um, all right. So, you know, as far as what, you know, so Suchek, I, I don't mean to dismiss him. I just think I just want to throw a little cold water on the Suchek enthusiasm. Um, I think, that's I think fair. that, yeah. And I think there are a couple of players worth worth monitoring. Um, Antonio, now a forward, uh, very reasonably priced, one of the more reasonably priced forwards, honestly, in the game. Uh, 6.5 million, 10 goals, four assists, uh, only eight bonus points, but I think he's, it's kind of an Anthony Martial situation. Remember we talked about him about four hours ago. Um, Anthony Martial, um, <laughs> those are the I days. He, yeah, I think he could, uh, I, I, I think those bonus uh, numbers are going to shoot up. Um, and Jared Bowen, who, um, you look at his stats, you think 6.5 million, one goal, four assists. Doesn't seem super impressive, but I think, uh, his performance uh, is a lot better than what we've seen in the numbers so far. And he didn't join until halfway through the season anyway. So yeah. I, I wish he was crazy six million. Price. Six, yeah, totally, totally. 5.5 or six would have been yeah. a better number. 
my issue with Jared Bowen is more that I used to work with a guy named John Bowen. So whenever I see his name, I think like, it's just not a professional athlete's name. That's a, it's a guy who works in an office name. And that's my, that's my problem. That's not Jared's yeah, problem. It's a Jared. Yeah. Jared's like Todd, right? Where it's, there's something that doesn't sound cool. Um, starting at Jared's out there listening. So I think the, the, <laughs> I think the defense can the defense could probably be safely ignored uh until the early run is over, which is too bad because Fabianski would be a, a keeper I would consider otherwise. But I think given how bad these these early fixtures are, I, I just keep you know, wait till the second wild card. Um so Suchek, sure. Um Antonio, I think it's fine. I would probably just go 0.5 million cheaper uh in that slot and and, and have a uh um and have Vitrovic. Um I just think it's more fun. I, I just, you know, but uh, just given these fixtures, uh, it's not like West Ham are so good that they're like fixture proof. Like uh, they're, they're going to score like a goal or two away to Leicester, you know, home to Man City away to Liverpool. I, I just don't see sure. it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. even Arsenal considerably improved in defense. Right. Um, I don't think that's a great fixture away in game week two either. So, um, so, you know, Allaire, uh possible bounce back season uh, came in at 6.5. I wish he would have come in a little bit cheaper. You know, when we, yeah, I, I, you know, when you, we did our, like our price reaction pod, you were sort of not thrilled with some of the prices and I, I was a little, I was a little more chill about it. But as we go through this mm-hmm. podcast, I, I feel like there are a lot of cases where I'm not, I'm not blown away by, by the price. Like it feels like it was maybe not totally considered. And it, you know, just yep. like, it, like there's, there are times when the prices, like if they, if you've gone up or down a little bit, it would have made them uh, a little more you know, interesting fantasy wise, you know, of TA, if he was eight and, and Allaire, if he was 6 million, maybe he's intriguing. You know, he's a little, you know, like you might just want to take a chance on him, but I think at 6.5, it just feels a little too high. Um, so yeah, that, that's where we are with what, with what's ham. I'm actually sort of, I think they're, they have a lot of interesting fantasy assets, but um, it does feel like they're a first wild card team and not a game week one team. Okay. The final team we're going to talk about are wolves and they have come out of the wilderness that Spurs are about to enter with the Europa league. And, you know, wolves, really acquitted themselves well last season. It took them a while to warm up to the rhythm of play Thursday night, then play in the league over the weekend. And I dare say it was one of the best seventh place performances we've seen in the last decade. Like everyone... They had a cold start, if I recall. Ben Ben Krellen aside, everyone kind of agrees that that, um, Wolves put in like an incredible season performance and uh, were were exciting to watch and they're coming now into this new season you know with a great squad with a fit squad a not a terribly aged squad and uh they have none of the europa league obligations and they're gonna make another run for the top four i think it's i think it's fair to say the start for them uh with the fixtures apart from city in game week two but again like if you remember wolves city last season like not great for your defenders, but Jimenez went all out. Like it was a great attacking performance. It's not like Wolves are overawed by these fixtures. It is a great opening run of fixtures for Wolves with Sheffield United, City, as I said, West Ham, Fulham, Leeds United, Newcastle Palace. Just like I, I'm kind of dazzled by the Wolves outlook heading into game week one. So I, I, I assume you would agree, Josh, like Wolves feeling you're feeling kind of good about this. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, Jimenez actually is currently in my draft team. Um, I, 
I, I still wonder if he might move somewhere, but I, I'm feeling pretty good about them. So the uh, just a few transfer rumors, no done deals at the moment for Wolves, but another Ainsley Maiden Niles rumor here. Um, perhaps that's with the Johnny injury where they, they might need mm-hmm. somebody. And you have to, I think, Vinagre, who would be the, one of the standout 4.5 defenders, uh, that is a fantastic deal if Wolves don't do any uh, further business on yep. the, their left fullback between Brandon, now and September this, 11th. I said this to you on Twitter last night, but Chelsea have just signed Ben Chilwell. There is a, a fantastic attacking player who is in need of a three-at-the-back team to bring him in, whether it's a signing, whether it's a season-long loan, bring Marcus Alonso to Wolves. It just makes sense. Make it happen. I would I love mean, that. How fun would that be? I know Alonso is Spanish, but I'm sure he could pick up some Portuguese along the way. Surely. I, I, yes. I can see him so clearly in that gold kit. Uh, I I'm I'm with you, and that that would be a disaster for Vinagre fans out there. But uh, you totally like Alonso on the left, Doherty on the right. It, it just would be sensational. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Um, so yeah, um, another Portuguese link they have not not done, but Jao Paulinha. Uh, he's a DM, so don't worry about it. Decore also linked to the club, but key mm. players. We know these players. Jimenez, you mentioned he's in your current draft, Josh. Up price to 8.5, but you know, Fair. you talk about Danny Ings being at 8.5 and how that's probably not a sustainable price tag. Yeah, absolutely with Jimenez. That's a fair price, and I'd say that's also a sustainable price for Jimenez. 17 goals and seven assists um last season. I mean, it's not the heady heights of Ings is 22, but I just think that he's going to continue to roll on off of that. If you look at his previous season, Jimenez had 13 goals and 10 assists. On top of the 33 bonus that he had last season, he's just growing in stature in the Premier League. And I think that he could hit 20 goals this season, and that absolutely rewards you at the 8.5 price tag. And it just not to belabor it, but what you were saying, Josh, about investing in players on expensive players on mediocre teams, Ings at 8.5, a great striker, but that's a different caliber of team than Wolves. We'd look to see Wolves challenging for top four at top six at, at the very least. So um, I think that's just all good signs for Jimenez. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, Daniel Podence. Daniel Costello Potence. He was a player that you and I talked a lot about and and players who might emerge, who emerged at the end of last season and who might do something. In this season, priced at 5.5, you kind of believe it when you see it with a player like Potence, but if he does the, it's the Greenwood-Foden effect. If Potence actually gets legitimate a legitimate shot at the starting 11 5.5 is a good value for that attacking midfielder you know, brandon so keep, keep your eyes on him you love potence i love potence pookie has just been relegated could we introduce the potence patron tier brandon should we replace pookie with potence have an actual player who we jump on early you and i are both in love with with daniel potence does Podence become the new always treated? Do we stumble onto it with our 20th team this year? This year <laughs> the Podence patron. Um, yeah, I think we have. Um, I'm not opposed to that, Josh. There is, there's a cadence to it, right? The Podence patron. 
There <laughs> is. It's pretty good. I just, I, I love Potens. I think he's really fun. I mean, I, I don't plan to have him on my team anytime soon, but I think he's a really interesting player, uh, super talented. He's got the number 10 already for Wolves, which is, you know, a really good sign. Yeah. Here's what I have to say about Potens. I will not be the only one. There will be at least 10 other managers out there who think, aha, I have come up with the best team name. And then you go into your mini league and you see that there are four or five other managers with the team name Dear Potens. <laughs> uh, I get my Beatles reference there, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, piss, potent piss attacking and, piss, piss and vinegary is another one, right? I feel like you're going to see that a few times. Yeah, but come on, dear dear potent, that's that's better than piss and vinegary. It's pretty good. Um, all right, so yeah, that's a watch list guy. Doherty, 6.0, uh, four goals, eight assists last season. It was a weird, like, late bloom season for Doherty. I feel like we mm-hmm. didn't really consider him till the latter stages, but he did come good. Also, 12 clean sheets for him. So I think here is the question of uh, if Vina- if you've got clear runway for a 4.5 Vinagre, I'd say go for it. If there is any sort of um, mysteriousness around Vinagre's position, then I think you genuinely have to consider going up 1.5 to Darty. Just looking at this fixture list and the potential of this team, yeah. I think it's a fair price for Darty. You'll get what you pay for. Uh, you know, we, we were talking with Liverpool about how much can you really afford in the defense, but I think this Wolves defense is really worth considering. And then, you know, um, Patricio, usually an affordable way in, he's got the up price to 5.5. And, you know, I'm not really messing around with a 5.5 goalkeeper unless it's Nick Pope. So, yeah. you know, here we are again with Darty. Yeah. And I think you could, you know, uh, Vinegary and um, Sace perhaps would be an interesting um, double up. Like, I think, I think a, a double with Wolves could maybe make sense, especially if you can. Mm-hmm you can field three defenders in that game week two fixture with man city and not and not have to start them but i think um yeah um i, I do think the sace of five million is a is a pretty fair price he really did kind of lock down that center back spot this season so um another one to consider especially if there's any doubt like you said about about vinegary um because doherty at six million obviously it's a, that's a tricky spot you know that's going to require some some sacrifices elsewhere. So if you want to get in, but you want to go a little cheaper, um, I, I think, and I, I think I would go say over Cody just cause Cody just apparently has like absolutely no goal threat at all. <laughs> he just sits back and marshals the defense. He's like, he's not in with the, the wave of, of, you know, paratroopers. He just sits back and does all the logistical mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Uh, just, just a quick word of caution on Diego Jota. You'll you'll see him priced at six point five, and you think, oh, he's got goals in him. But you know, he's just like one of the most streakiest players we've seen in the last couple of seasons in the Premier yeah. League. So I just think you're you're cutting corners if you bring in Jota without seeing him hit that run of form. And but if you yeah. if you see him put up a few performances or you anticipate that that haul is coming, that's when you jump on a player like Jota. Yeah, um, one of the more under the radar position moves too. Um, moving back to the midfield at six point five million, so kind of yeah, f- for sure. It's funny how they all they all got moved there. I feel like they even play with the two forward setup sometimes. So I, I'm a little surprised that he got moved back, but you know, 
Yeah, it's like it, this season of FPL feels like a version of FIFA that's put out where they didn't adjust the mechanics at all, but they just kind of changed the, you know, the animations a little bit just to make you feel yeah. like it was worth you shelling out another 65 bucks <laughs> like, for another version it, of FIFA. Like the iOS, like the like the iPhone upgrades and in between yeah. years, right? Yeah, yeah, the S series. Yeah, like, yeah. ooh, yeah. Uh, looks, I got a new uh, Diogo Jota app. Uh, immediately delete <laughs> from your phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't want to finish too negative on wolves, I, but I just think like, this is, this is a great yeah. place to put your FPL dollars. Yeah, no, I mean, we know the team, we know the prospects, you know, I think that, um, I, I will very almost assuredly go into the team, go into the season with at least one wolves player, possibly two, possibly three, uh, Chef of the way is a pretty good opening fixture to be honest. And it really, yeah. once you get past that game week two, it's really, really quite strong as you were saying. So all right, Brendan, that is all 20 teams did it in just under four hours total. Uh, I don't even know what that works out per team. I don't think I want to know. Uh, but thank you to everyone who has listened. We will be back. We've got lots more content to come, uh, several more podcasts to come before the season even kicks off. So yeah. if you'd like to support the podcast, support the, the work that we do to put these podcasts out, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, you get access to our new cup I uh, obviously you can chat with managers, duck strategy on the Slack and a lot of other things too. The Slack is, I feel like fantasy is just like 40% of what goes on in there. Um, and uh, yeah, you get access, but you know, the bonus spot each, each week as well um, during the season. So, uh, so that is, you know, and we have an interview with Joe from fantasy football Scott in there too, that you can listen to right now. If you become a Patreon subscriber. Uh, so if you, uh, Brandon would be so kind, could you list off our producer patrons, please? Oh, man, I would love to thank our producers. Big thanks to Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., DeBig Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Kean, Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg, Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Peter Bodictil, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, FPLmerch.com, James Conroy, Brandon B., Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, James Hurd, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Matt Marks, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, and Alper Poxoy. Thank you to those new producers there. And don't forget, never miss an episode of Always Cheating by subscribing wherever fine podcasts are found. And if you'd be so kind, give us a rating and review. That really does help the podcast. Or follow us on social media, wherever fine social medias are found. And also send us an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com and our website where our online store is where you can get kitted out in some dope bus team t-shirts, how are you t-shirts, hoodies. I, I don't know. I would love to offer you a ski parka and snow pants if I could, but but that's really not in the cards for you, I'm afraid. Go to alwayscheating.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in a week. See ya. Bye. Poku forever. gang before we get out of here just one last word did somebody say playoffs 
NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.